Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, and for the first time in a very, very long time, months even, we're going to be reviewing a big Finnish audio story. And we're doing a Sixth Doctor story, Legend of the Cybermen. It's been, a, it's been August, wasn't it, the last time we did one? Probably, yeah. Yeah, blimey. It's way before the, uh, the last series of uh, Doctor Who started, so blimey. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. You thought about it, August? Crikey, that's uh, that's amazing. But uh, anyway, we've been away for a couple of weeks, so um, we were sort of hoping there's, there's been some news. And um, well, there, there's a little bit, isn't there? There is. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. Now, um, I mean, some, some of it is actually from back Christmas as well. It is actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now this one. Um, now again. There's not a lot of meat to this story, but basically um, it's been sort of... It's on uh, Den of Geek where we've come across this particular uh, news item. And it says that Stephen Moff is actively engaged in in his search for a new showrunner. Um, Now, obviously, this doesn't affect Series 10 because he's already confirmed um, for Series 10. Surprise, Paul, if, if, if this is not taken out of context? Um, No, not particularly. I think it's... I mean, so sooner or later he's going to get fed up doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is just one of those things where are you, how much, how much, if you are a real fan, how hard is it to to put down? Because once you've put it down, you're, never, you're not going to get a chance to do it again or are likely yeah. to get a chance to do it again. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he, say, he says, um, I, think it was in, I think it was from the Radio Times, actually, this, um, yeah. this particular quote. Uh, basically saying he doesn't want to... Leave it in the lurch. You wouldn't. He said everything's difficult in Doctor Who, including leaving. I'll never do anything to harm it. Yeah. So obviously he's trying to you know, find someone to, to. He trusts to hand the reins over to. Um, I just can't really think of anybody at the moment. Maybe it's someone uh, we don't I, even know. Who knows? Yeah. To, know. Be, to be honest, we're not that privy to how good people are behind the scenes, are we? No, we're not. We're certainly not. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a writer showrunner, does it? It just needs to be somebody who Well I, I actually can, think can bring the right writers in and mm. Well I think that would be a good thing if they weren't a writer. Yeah. I honest. mean I'd I'd, yeah. I'd be quite happy with Moffitt continuing. If perhaps actually if he just then took a back seat on the writing mm. and just said, Right, what are the twelve best stories mm-hmm. that we can come up with here? Yeah. And that are particularly a Doctor Who stock type of story, and let's let's just have them, and I'll have no other other than giving them any encouragement or the means to do it. I'm just going to take a sit. I'm going to sit back here. Well, I think it'd probably be a good because I mean, I mean, you know, I like what he does with the show. You know, it's okay. It's not all all great. Um, there's a few misfires there, but on the whole, I think he what he. You know he's been really good for the show, and there's a, there's a lot of people who would disagree with that theory. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, sort, I'm not, not going to turn around so. and say that. Um, but one th- I was going to say one thing: everything I'm... he's done has been brilliant. I just no. I just think the stuff that he's written when he's not been showrunner has been actually better than the stuff that he's written perhaps since. Yes. Mm. The, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. 
the fiftieth anniversary probably being the well, definitely being the exception to that. Yeah, but then when he's had more, which something he had more time to to do. Yeah, so, just so, solely concentrate on just writing rather than editing everyone else's scripts and because in that article he said about I'm gobsmacked, 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 exactly, gobsmacked <laughs> by how much Doctor Who I've written, an insane amount. But it probably is for one person to be honest. It is actually. And especially then when you haven't perhaps got somebody you go to with it who says, hmm, that's maybe that bit, but how about we do this? Mm. You know? Yeah, so just sort of of rein him in now and again. Yeah, Yeah, some of these wilder things that he's done. Um, I was going to say that when we went to the um, the, the Doctor Who Festival back in, was it November now, wasn't it? All All the panels that he attended, I just sort of get the impression that he was sort of tiring of it because he, he didn't really have a a good word to say about working on the show did he he kept saying you know it, it's really difficult and you know it, it basically everything he said the whole writing process is absolute hell and everything you know everything's a nightmare and i thought well didn't sound like someone who was actually enjoying their job to be honest no it really didn't and then there's the question of is he actually gonna would he actually be bothered doing it if he wasn't writing for yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. You get the feeling that one of the things he sees as showrunner is the fact that he can commission himself to mm. to write, or at least, I don't know how it works in terms of commissioning now. No, I don't. I've got no... So it used to be the old days, didn't they? They couldn't. That's why you had all no, the scripted names. Yeah, so you had you know, Eric Saywood um, submitting scripts under a non-diplume when he was the script yeah. editor. So um, Now, obviously, uh, with... You know these rumours of Moffat going, and Moffat saying he's, he's engaged in um, finding a, a his successor. Obviously, what what of Peter Capaldi? Because they, they everyone seems to think they will they will both leave at the same time. Um, now we posted the or, uh, up in the on our Facebook group, and it was an interview in the Telegraph, um, which he gave over the over Christmas actually. So it's a, f- a couple of weeks old now, but he says of Series Ten, this could be his final year. Um, and he says, I love Doctor Who, but it can be quite an insular world, and I want to do other things. There will, there will come a time when this is over, but I knew that when I started. Um, again, I'm not surprised. No. Really? It seems to be the, the thing three series and out these days, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, but it, it, yeah, cause it's not necessarily just three it, It's three years of your life, isn't it? Well, yeah. The way how much time it takes. Was it nine months of filming or something? Then you've got all yeah. the promotion and ADR and, and stuff to, you know, all the pick-up shots and everything. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big commitment, really. It is a big commitment. And, it's and a, I suppose you just get bored. It just becomes another job, doesn't it? it yeah, that's it. Again, though, I suspect it's, it's the case of the, the fan in him knows that how many, you know, once he's regenerated, that's it. It's, he said goodbye. Yeah, that's right. Unless he's planning Sorry. to be around for the seventy fifth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be up for that because I, you know he's. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. But yeah. um, I mean, whatever happens, you know, we've at least got one more series of Capaldi um, to, yeah. to come, and you know, he he could change his mind. He could stick around again. Um, but again, people say these things on the spur of the moment. There's no, no indication to say yes, he will be leaving at the end of series ten. It was just an interview he, he gave. That's it, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, we don't know when they're going to start, how much of a break he's got between now and filming No Series 10, and whether that gives him a chance to do other things which may bring him back fresh to the 
Yes, it could. It could be. It could be the change of working with, with a new showrunner. Could be enough to, to yeah. keep him there because it would be something different. So um, new, and new companion. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But obviously, we'll um, we'll discuss it as and as and when it does. Now, yes. um, talking of um, doctors, um, sort of who <laughs> left the show or are leaving the show, Paul McGann. Um, has said that um, he hasn't ruled out a return to live-action Doctor Who, but as he says, as long as it's a little bit every now and then. Now, again, yeah, because yeah, he sort of actually sort of goes on to say about the, the insane hours that uh, Capaldi has to do. Um, and he's basically said, yeah, let him do his thing, or, you know, and let someone else do the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for, for seeing him again. I really would be. Yeah, I mean that that was one of the highlights of the 50th anniversary, weren't it? it was yes. Just the fact that we, it was almost it was almost like we got to say goodbye to him, wasn't it? It was actually, yes. It really was. Um, it, it was just an extra little um, treat for the 50th, which nobody expected. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I was sort of sitting in my hotel room in, in Tokyo when that came out. Um, Sort of feeling particularly lonely, missing my family and everything, and then and that that popped up on my on my timeline. <laughs> I thought that that right cheered me up actually, to be honest. So <laughs> I wonder where we was going to go with you in your hotel room in Tokyo, feeling lonely and missing your family. Uh, exactly, <laughs> without but a, a full length mirror, a radish, and a well full of possibilities. <laughs> yes, the doctor, but not the one he was expecting. <laughs> was that to remove the radish? Radish. <laughs> Oh dear, yes, yes. No, I, I'll be totally up for seeing him again, back in it again. I really oh, would yeah, be. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. and and just to, uh, if it was just as a almost a a passing. Well, yeah, I mean, just just a one off one, you know, one one story or something. It doesn't have to be a special. It it could just be like they did with the two doctors, really. You know that that kind of thing. It's just yeah. an, just another story. It wasn't for any particular yeah. anniversary as such. So yeah, I'll, I'll or, take or, that for or it. even use it as a, almost. Uh, like they did with the the 50th and basically have it as if you want to sort of set the backstory to a character mm. have have him as the pre-credit scene yes meeting the character and whatever and then we can fast forward to Capaldi meeting him again yes sort of meeting meeting whatever villain it was again yeah, yeah that could work that could work are you the new showrunner I'm, I'm I'm trying to put my hat into the ring. <laughs> oh, well, if you're looking for a new doctor, Paul, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll send my audition video to you later. <laughs> well, they've got to finally use the ginger line sooner or later. Oh, they've got to. That's what I mean. That's what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lobby the BBC for before you before you get a woman cast the doctor or a person of colour. They have to be ginger first. <laughs> Even if he goes, oh, if he just says, no, that's a mistake, and immediately regenerates again. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> Ginger rights is all I'm going to say. <laughs> We've been long overlooked. This, this is our time. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay, well, enough of that. So, anyway, that's, that's, that's <laughs> no, just how no, that happens. You, you could, you could re- regenerate from... You could, you, perhaps you could be the regeneration between. There could even be another regeneration between Paul McGann and... John Hurt, yes, has one drink. You turn up and you go, Oh, no, I better have another one of them. Not another doctor he doesn't talk about. <laughs> yeah, but, but there you go. If it's you, I can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I shall give you my response to that uh, statement <laughs> when we finish recording. This is this is a family show after all. <laughs> right. Okay. Now on to um, on to other news. Uh, now, as we sort of um, discussed quite some time ago, now that the uh, Doctor Who spin-off show Class. Uh, was announced to go on to, I believe, BBC Three, which is now going to be online only, I understand. Um, BBC America confirmed that it will be co-producing um, this new series um, with the BBC in the UK, or BBC Wales, I should say. Um, that's an interesting turn of events. I'm, yeah. assu- I'm assuming that it's a shoe-in for BBC America to be broadcasting this as well. Yeah, well, I presume so. and I, yeah, I wonder who's putting the money up, to be honest. Hmm. Um, yeah. Or yeah. Whether, whether this is actually there. There was some question as to whether this would go ahead now because of funding or whatever, and BBC America has stepped in to make up the shortfall. Yeah, could have done. Could have done. I mean, it's, I mean, it's good news for the uh, for the show. Um, I just wish they did the same thing with with the parent program. Really interesting that it's going to be autumn twenty sixteen because you wonder whether they'd have both running at the same time. Well. If we get if we go oh, if we are going to get Doctor Who this year, it's going to be very very late in the year, yeah, if at all. Um, and I, this is this is the appetizer to the yeah. I hope they don't sort of try and it'll be a typically Moffat thing if he in, interweaved plot strands from either program yeah. into it. That that's the sort of thing he'd do because um, he obviously yeah. he's, he's going to be executive producer of this show as well. So yeah, I hope he but doesn't. Then, but then you're like thinking that. if he if he is. You know, if he's if he's caught up in this, then he's also got to try and get this made and trying to do Doctor at the same time. It's not going to happen, is it? It's not, is it? It really is. So it's looking more and more like we're not going to have anything this year. No, I don't think we will now. You know, re- reading, maybe we've reading too much into it, I don't know, but it's looking highly unlikely. Yeah. It really is looking highly unlikely. So, oh well, we shall see. So, if we get any more news on that, obviously we shall um, we shall discuss it on the show. Now, um, the National Television Awards. The voting opened um, last week, um, and the awards actually take place uh, next Wednesday, the twentieth of January. Um, now, obviously, the, the voting is currently um, open and still open at this this time, I believe. And Doctor Who, it's the only nomination for Doctor Who this year. Actually, uh, they've been nominated in the drama category. And they're up against uh, Downton Abbey, Broadchurch, and Casualty. Mm. I, still, I still want. To, I can't understand why I can't bring Waterloo Road back myself. Well, no, exactly, exactly. Um, just just for a one-off special to wipe the floor with, with the, <laughs> yes. the awards. Yes. <laughs> um, I must admit, I've I've cast my vote for Doctor Who. I did put the link up on our uh, Facebook group. <laughs> Start your ballot paper. Yes. <laughs> Yes, um... managed, managed to vote for Downton Who. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I would ever cast a vote for Downton Abbey. Uh, the, the best thing about it is you can actually skip categories. So you don't have to vote in everything. You just skip to the one you want and then yeah. click vote and skip through to the end. So, oh, so um, this, is the, this is the problem with voters nowadays. It is, actually. But um, I'm not, I wasn't interested in anything else. You know, but, um, <laughs> it's just, I think it's just absolutely shocking, really, that... Um, uh, Capaldi hasn't been nominated in in a drama performance uh, role actually, so I think that's really bad. I mean, the fact is that most of this were, was done, wasn't it? Before, so these these categories would have been done before the actual last series was out. Series nine was out, so I suspect had we been, they got all the nominated bits before uh, was was being announced. Now 
he'd be in it for series nine. Mm. Um, again, if that if that would be the case, why is Doctor Who in the shortlist for drama? Because it always is. Because it wasn't he actually in the wasn't there a long list? As it, I don't know what the, the alternative to a short list is. <laughs> Was, wasn't he in the long I'm list? Sure, I'm sure it must be a long list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it must be. Um, I, I've got a tall list. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and just didn't make the cut. I could have been. I've got no idea. Absolutely so, no idea. To be honest, absolutely no idea. But I'm just, I'm just surprised he's not been nominated. Really. Yeah. You know, I really am. But, um, but anyway, we should find it if Doctor Who um, wins that particular award next Wednesday. If I could be bothered to read, I'll just keep an eye on my Twitter feed, really. I, don't, I can't be bothered to watch uh, the whole show, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're just not really. Your heart's not in this, is it? It's not, really. It really isn't. Yeah, because I know what's coming next. Stats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, the official ratings for the Christmas special um, have been announced. And um, it got a final, oh, I say, the Husbands of River song, I should say, got a, a final official rating. It was 7.69 million viewers which was an increase of 2 million on the initial reported figure. That's more like it, isn't it? Yeah. The whole time shift thing that plays its part again. Um, yeah, again, that's pretty pretty damn healthy, actually. It was 8th for uh, for the week and 7th for Christmas Day. Yeah, I, yeah it's actually, yes, it beat most of the soaps, beat all the soaps. I it think, did. It, it beat um, Coronation Street, EastEnders and Emmerdale. Yeah. How about that? Blimey. And I think... Wasn't strictly come dancing, didn't actually get that much increase, did it? I don't think, did it? I can't remember actually. I can't remember what, so what no, the that, that, figures that were. was really high, wasn't it? On the it was on, on the, the day, day it was, yeah. So it just goes to show, just goes to show. Now there's some other um, stats as well. We we, we and we forgot this was even on um, actually, um, because over the the the, uh, the Christmas holiday period, the face of evil was shown on BBC Four. And guess what we got? We got ratings for that as well. <laughs> now the article bringing you the ratings for something that's forty <laughs> years old. Exactly. Now, as it says here, um, I'm paraphrasing the the article. It said it had mixed fortunes, according to the unofficial overnight viewing figures. Um, now, part one had an average of 141,000 viewers. Um, part two had, uh, which directly followed, it had an average of 183. Okay. But part three only got 56,000, and then it slowly rose to 88,000 for the story's conclusion. And it had an um, parts one and two had an AI of 84, and parts three and four had a scoring of 83. Um, the most interesting part of that, that but, actually, is the fact that two parts one and part two were shown directly after each other. Mm-hmm. And the time slot for part one, the time slot average for part one is 79,000. The part, For half an hour later, another 200,000 people switch on. Oh, no. That doesn't make any what sense, is... does it? What, what are they showing on BBC4 usually <laughs> that gets that what kind if, of... What, what is it? Yeah, that's, is it, that must be, you know, that extra half an hour makes that much difference. That's just a really weird thing. However, I mean... Um... This article is written sort of like saying they're absolutely shocked that it's got these low viewing figures, but um, it's BBC Four. Yeah, it's a forty-year-old story that everyone's got on DVD if they're a fan. Yeah, really. Um, well, what I want to see them do is, is do the is, is join them up with the figures from when it was first shown in nineteen seventy-seven, and let's have a consolidated figures. <laughs> How to get it into the top ten for Christmas? <laughs> let's put some sort of perspective. I can't even say it. <laughs> 
perspective, I was going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um, We're talking yeah. about consolidated figures. Yes, let's, let's do that. It's <laughs> had the 1977 well, figures. I mean, the well. thing is, I mean, it's not... The Face of Evil, I don't think it's a story that gets everybody watching, really. I no. think if they'd shown, I don't know, Genesis of the Daleks or the Brain of Morbius, I think it might have got, you know... Yeah. Higher figures, um, if that, if that's what they're interested in, um, I don't think the face of evil. Okay, introduce Leela to the world of Doctor Who, but I don't think it's that yeah, beloved by the general yeah. public, really, is yeah. it? You know, <laughs> it's, it's not even yeah one that we would have said yeah all good. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, if it, if it if it had been, you know, Genesis or Brain of Morbius, I, I probably would have watched it, watched it. even though I've got yeah. it on DVD. You know, but oh well. There we go. I just hope, though, that is. I know the BBC can't show a lot of old Doctor because of all the. Um, what was that? They have to pay the, the actors of a fee every time it's shown, don't they? Yeah. Because, because of the the um, union rights and whatever. Um, but I hope they do show a few more episodes on BBC Four. It just seems better. It just seems natural to be on the BBC rather than the Horror Channel, if you know what I mean. I know. Well, what's the situation with the fact that quite a few of the actors are dying now? Well, does does that make it cheaper? I don't know. Are we going to get a lot? Could we, could we get a bit more Troughton? I won't put it past the BBC to wait till all the actors are dead before they actually show any again. Anything, yeah. Yeah, I really wouldn't put it past them. But I was also going to say what else has affected the figures for this is we haven't done a commentary for this episode. <laughs> and obviously all those people that would have tuned in for Brain of Morbius to listen to our commentary alongside it I've been disappointed. Well, exactly. We, well, that's what we should have done, Paul. We could have we, we could have turned around the fortunes of BBC Four there, couldn't we? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, if you're listening, listening, uh, Mr. Commission Editor, where the hell you are, you come and see us. We'll sort you out. All right. I'll take a break from my show running. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, might be a conflict of interest now. <laughs> we we'll have to stop doing the podcast. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> no, just, how wonderful this episode! Oh, exactly. <laughs> Everything is glowing reviews. <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Oh well. Okay. So um, that's it for news. But as this is the first of our podcasts of 2016, um, it's only right that we pay our first visit of the year to Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! And uh, this week on Tat Corner, we have got two items of tat for you. Now, one of them. This doesn't really mean much to either of us, really, does it? No. No. Um, this is an um, announcement that Topps Trading Cards announced they're going to be releasing some Doctor Who cards in U- in the United States. Now, aren't um, I could be completely wrong here. Aren't Topps Trading Cards a big thing in, in the United States? Didn't they, didn't they do all like baseball cards? And I really have no idea. Because I, I know, <laughs> and I'm not going to try and bluff this one. No, because I know, I know some of the rarer cards do go for a lot of money on eBay. Some, some of you know, the rare tops trading cards they do fetch a lot of money. Highly collectible. Um, obviously, these are going to be released apparently in um, May. Actually, no, it's, it's an additional set. Doctor Who Thomas will be released in May. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, yeah, basically, it's going to cover the entire fifty years of Doctor Who. Okay, so um, apparently it says there, again, this means nothing to me at all. Um, It says there are five insert sets to chase. I think this is the collectible ones. So it's memorable moments, companions, Christmas time, who is the Doctor and gadgets. And again, this means nothing to me either. Um, Featuring two hits per hobby box. Yes. Uh, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) 
Um, the third... <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah, it? okay. Uh, 30 TARDIS patch cards, four costume pieces, three ultra-rare cut signatures from the original three Doctors, one ultra-rare signed costume piece featuring David Tennant, and as I said, an additional um, set, Doctor Who Timeless, will be released in May. Um, yeah, again, it doesn't mean a lot to nice. me, all this, to be honest. Nice. It's interesting, there's a few signed ones in there as well. So that's where your collectible thing comes in, I suppose. But um, I think I might just quit while I'm ahead on that one, because I don't have yes. no idea what I'm talking you about. No idea. <laughs> I hope that's of interest. Anyway. To somebody out there. Um, I think it might have annoyed a few people, because it's only available in the United States and not in the UK. Um, but, but unless, yeah, I suspect basically because it means nothing to most people in the UK. No, probably not. I mean, the thing is, though, if you're... A collector, you'll you'll get these things by hook or by crook. You'll you'll yeah. find a way. You'll find a way if if that's your thing. Um, now the second item in um, Tack Corner, we this is something that we're not again don't fully understand. It's the Funko Pop vinyl figures. Yes, we, now we've we mentioned these before. And these are these weird little um, figures with like almost like massive carnival heads, aren't they? Which again, I think we've already said we. I'm not entirely sure who they're actually appealing to. No. To be honest, um, age fourteen plus. Is that, is that what it says on the box? <laughs> oh God! Oh, there you are. So if you're over fourteen years old, this this will appeal to you. Now, um, there's a new um, set come out, um, and this is the series two set. Now, this consists of um, the Ninth Doctor, Sarah Jane, Captain Jack Harkness, Rose Tyler, The Silence, and River Song. Now, um, it's really weird because I, I came up with this link this afternoon. I emailed it. Um, to Paul, and as we both open the link up this evening, as we're, as we're doing this one, the silence has actually disappeared. The box is there, but the graphic showing what the what the figure looks like has disappeared, and the box artwork showing the silence has also disappeared, along with the name of the box yeah. as well. This is really peculiar. At the moment, it does look like it's a box for Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just I'm sure I'm. Yeah, we have no no idea whether the silence was there or not now, do we? No, we don't. We don't. Um, that's just really strange, really. Just the fact it was the silence that's disappeared as yeah. well. Look, we turned away and it's gone. You know, that's just really <laughs> weird. Um, now no, the figure we, we looked away. Yes, we did. Now the um, the Rose Tyler figure. Um, it's wearing the outfit from um, the Doctor Dances uh, two parter. I've, yeah. I've forgotten the name of now. Um, and then the River Song one is from, I think it's from the oh, Good Man Goes to War, I think. That's the outfit she's wearing from that. And the Sarah Jane one is the Andy Pandy one from The Hand of Fear. Yeah, I must admit. Actually, that that does look good. good. It does look good, actually, doesn't it? It really does look good. <laughs> if I was really ever good. tempted to buy one of these, that'd be the That'll one. That'll be I the one. I know. It does look good. And the Captain Jack, obviously. Well, it's Captain Jack in his RAF uh, great coat. Um, and the silence, well, we couldn't actually tell you what that is, actually. <laughs> now, these are available to pre-order from um, Forbidden Planet and, and Entertainment Earth, bringing Hollywood home, um, and also from a company called Pop in the Box um, and Pop Culture in Australia. And in the UK, they are for pre-order um, for eight ninety nine each from yeah. uh, from Forbidden Planet. Which Forbid- I suppose... Forbidden Planet giving a reasonable, giving a round discount figure. Makes a change. 10% off. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what happens at 9.2? <laughs> <laughs> That'll come later in the year, Paul. 
That'll come later in the year. It's obviously just after um, Christmas. They've been sensible for some reason. I don't know why. But Oh, the silence is showing on the Forbidden Planet website, actually. Yeah, we can see them there. But maybe when we look again. See, the thing is, though, the silence has already got a massive head, so this doesn't look any different, really, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you, say, you go. So if you're a collector of these pop vinyl figures, there's a new series coming out for your delectation. So there we go. Okay, uh, so that's it for the news. That is it for Tack Corner for another week. So coming up next is our review of the Big Finish production, Legend of the Cybermen. So for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time for our first Big Finish review of the year. And uh, this time we are doing a Sixth Doctor story, Legend of the Cybermen. You weren't expecting this. What about me? I had a life back in Scotland. And then you come along and, and you tell me about this whole other life. A, a strange, mad life, fighting monsters among the stars and always running from one calamity to the next. I was wondering, like, how come you never came back for us then? Oh, Jamie. Oh! Ah! Jamie, are you hurt? Ah. You're not dying here, James Robert McCrimmon. That I promise you. Ready? Surrender. You will be converted. He's a Cyberman. Oh, it's you lot again, is it? The Cybermen fell to land here some time in the past. They have made war on us ever since. What if we don't succeed? What if we can't hold back the Cybermen? I want to see what the Cybermen are up to. The castle is well defended. What are horses? Listen. Flyers. There, coming in from the west. On an approach run. Stay low! Doctor? Jamie! Doctor! Jamie! And before we kick off this uh, review, obviously, um, this was released in 2010, so there will be spoilers. So if you don't want to know what, the, what we will be discussing, plot and so Look forth, away now. Look away now. Turn <laughs> off now, as I'm going to say. But, um, but if you're not worried about that... Then continue listening. The so, Doctor One, yeah. Cyberman Neil. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Paul, what did you think of this story? I actually really enjoyed this. And if someone had explained what this was to me beforehand, I'd have gone, uh, okay, yeah, fine. But <laughs> it was actually weird enough to, I think, for, the, for it to have worked. I, um, I, I agree. Yes, I I did enjoy listening to this one as well, actually. I really did. And silly enough in places to work. And considering how conceptual a thing is, it is, Mm. to actually work just as an audio story is pretty good, I think. I think so. I think we're also at a little bit of a disadvantage with this one because it's... it's The third part of a three-part... Of a three-part story. So, yeah, we we, we sort of come into this a little bit. Because I must admit, I've listened to this before... um, and it was some while ago, but when I listened to it again for the purposes of the, of the podcast, um, I thought, am I, am I playing the right bit here? Because it just sort of jumps just straight into it. It just starts, doesn't it? There's no yeah. preamble. You're just in it, and because it, it's the direct continuation of the previous story. Um, was it Wreck of the Titans, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the previous story. So, um, 
yes, that caught me off guard because I completely forgot it was just it really was, was a cold open, wasn't it? Yeah, really was. But um, once you've established where you are, um, but, I'll, but reasonably I'll self-contained. I mean, but what it has done is spoilt. <laughs> yes. We've spoiled the first, the other two episodes for ourselves now because we, we have know there. where it goes. Exactly, we know where where the, uh, Jamie and the Doctor are. Really, um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, obviously, for people who haven't um, heard this, okay, you know, as we said, spoilers. But um, this is set in the land of fiction, and it's almost a, a, a sequel to the Mind Robber. Yeah, uh, to a certain degree, um, and I like what they did with this. Really, yeah. um, the whole concept of um why are the Cybermen trying to take yeah. over uh the I actually fiction, enjoyed this you know? a lot more than the Mind Robber to be honest. Yeah I do you know what I, it's probably sacrilege for saying so but I actually find the Mind Robber a little bit boring. Yeah. And it, it, it goes on for too long. Yeah. The Mind Robber. I do think that's the problem with well, Doctor I, of that time anyway. There's so it was just some of the stories were just padded out for no good reason other than they needed that, this, is, this is two hours worth, isn't it? Well, it is, but it it, it, it didn't moves seem like it, did it? No, no, it, it didn't. It, it just it just kept moving, um, and you you really did get um, and like I say, the humour in it as well helps. I think the humour was great, which, which the mind robber doesn't have a hell of a lot. No, of. it doesn't, um, and you get a sense of scale in this yeah. one as well when they're moving to different sort of sections of of uh, the land of fiction. Um, you you get a sense of how vast it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd yeah. like to have seen, like to have seen them given given the budget and the set design in nineteen sixty eight, and said we're doing this. Well, yeah, re- yeah, recreating Castle Frankenstein, Camelot, you know, Moby Dick, uh, Moby Dick, the Enchanted Forest, <laughs> the Nautilus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Oh dear, I can do a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that gets a mention as well, though, doesn't it? The yeah. unicorn. But um, yeah, I, I just liked um, like what it does, and I also like the um, sort of trying to give Jamie some sort of character development because this is an older Jamie, isn't it? Yeah. Um, who directly leaving off from uh, the War Games, he has no previous memory of the Doctor at all. So the, the adventures having with the Sixth Doctor now is all new to him. And again, obviously, we've missed the previous two stories of how much further it, it delved into that. Um, so obviously, the time we get to uh, Jamie McCrimmon, he's got an awareness of the Doctor, and the Doctor's obviously tried to tell him about the previous adventures, which he's got no recollection of. No. Um, and he, he meets Zoe, who looks exactly the same as when he last saw her. Um, and he, of course, he doesn't recognise her, does he? No. I mean, it's interesting that they've actually have placed... Jamie is an older Jamie because um, there's obviously n- no real need to, and they never bothered. And, and as as the fact that they've kept Zoe as the same age, well, they they do and they don't because the, the young Zoe is just an avatar, really, isn't she? Yeah, um, because the the real Zoe is now the mistress of the land of fiction. We really yeah. are going. For we re- we are like full effect. spoilers now. Yeah, um, it's just you know it's a five year old story, so you know I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know we 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 did say there'd be spoilers, so you know fair but, warning. But, but um, then by the same thing, there was no reason why they 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 couldn't have done that with Jamie. No, Cause, true, because he's he's as much that as as she is. Well, it was it, there was an explanation for that, wasn't there? Because it was to give the Doctor a mystery. Mm. Um. And this is again the one that, and yeah, well, was, and, and the fact that yeah, he comes from um, to, to, to for him to be there, he had to be written 
about. So there had to be further adventures. Yeah. Which I think is is where this Jamie comes from, isn't it? It's the further adventures that have actually been written by Zoe herself. Exactly. Um, which she tries to do about the doctor. She tries to write the doctor. Yeah. As well, which doesn't work. No. Um, so she then has to entice the real thing back to the land of fiction. Um, but what I what I I liked this this is um, again a continuation. Her story as well is a continuation from uh, the war games because she um, gets taken over at the witch. Obviously, she gets returned to the wheel in space. She's got the memory of the first adventure she had with the Doctor on on, on the Winning Space with with the Cybermen, um, and then she gets the Winning Space gets attacked again, doesn't it? Yeah. By the Cybermen, um, she gets captured. They try to make her into the Cyber Controller, and that releases or un, un, you know unlocks all her memories. Yeah. Or that releases the blocks that the Talos put in place, um, and then she basically takes them, leads the Cybermen into the land of fiction, takes them out of the universe. And based the whole story is them just the Simon trying to conquer the land of fiction, and there's some really weird things in there, isn't there? Yeah, and some really good ideas. Yeah, um, as, as to what the Cybermen would do. Yeah, it's like what you said about um, Moby Dick. Yeah, they 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 get their hands on Moby Dick and put portholes in it and fill, yeah. it with, fill it with torpedo tubes. I mean, it's stuff you could never do. Or back then, you could never do on television. If you, I'll push do it now, I think, actually, some of the things they're coming up with. It's like the Valkyries. Yeah. Um, with, with jet engines. <laughs> or rocket packs. I just, just, like, just love the saying, idea. That, it was great. That's something you don't see every day. <laughs> it was yeah. reaction. It was just brilliant reaction. <laughs> and I think this is actually a very good story for The Sixth Doctor and Colin Baker, who does do... Incredulous, really well. Oh God, yeah. So his his reaction, you know, the half, well, you know, what is going on to the well, of course it is sort of yeah, I, I, it's... <laughs> swing between the two that he does brilliantly. I think probably better than any other, probably the best one for. I can understand why this was written as a six doctor story. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the other, like McCoy or Davison, no, or, or McGann for that matter. Um... Carrying yeah. the story of you needed because because with... they because they, they their doctors would have been continuously perplexed. Yeah, now you wanted someone who was a bit more pompous in the face of adversity, really, didn't you? Yeah. So that was that's that's Colin Baker's doctor. Um, yeah. But also like um, some of the some of the more sort of character beats they try to give the doctor and Jamie because ja- the Jamie once he gets his the older Jamie gets his memories back, he starts to doctor, why didn't you come back for us? Yeah. Which to which the doctor had no answer. No, did he really? And I, and I like that that they actually brought that up. They they took the time out of the story to to come back to that. Um, yeah. And it did change Jamie's character afterwards when when the sort of the penny dropped. Why didn't he come back for us? And he, he was sort of like, I don't care anymore. He didn't really care what happened, did he? No. Um, I I just like what they did there. It, it sort of it brought a new side to Jamie um, as well, and also. Um, that side of the Doctor that w- wasn't really looked at um, in in the classic era, was no. it? They just sort of left a companion, moved on to the next one. Um, there was no callback to them, which has only really been done in, in the new series. We say, right, Sarah Jane and the Tenth Doctor. But, yeah, it was... I, I like what they did there, you know. But, yeah, but, but to do it just from a companion sort of thing, not just like as in you sort of had with the Tenth Doctor and Sarah Jane being... You almost the sort of the the 
the old love sort of thing where yeah. this was just literally a you could have left me there to die i could have died and you could have come and saved me and you didn't yeah yeah exactly you know, well, yeah you, why didn't you, you come you, back and you knew yeah. they sent me back to to basically war yeah and the and, doctor tries to bluff his way up by saying well you know i was stranded on earth and i didn't you know i didn't have my tardis well, well i did have my tardis and yeah 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 but you yeah cuz he said well, you 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 got it eventually though didn't you and you didn't then come for me then either did you yeah it's like well no that's, yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the doctor had no answer to it, um, and I thought Colin Baker acted that that part really, really well. I, mean, I think everyone just associates him with, with the you know full of his doctor full of bluster and um, bombastic, pom- bombastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this was a sort of a more sort of um, a side of him showing regret, which yeah. which you don't get that often with, with his doctor. Certainly not with, with the, the the big finish orders we've listened to anyway. No, you know it could have been looked at um, in other stories, but this is the first time, obviously, we've come across it, and and I really liked it. I really liked what they yeah. did there. I, I thought it was a really interesting thing to do. Um, but they are just rounding out the six doctor quite nicely. Yes, yes, they really are, or were, I should say. I don't know what I don't know what yeah. they're doing there. So they just filmed his or filmed, recorded, and released his regeneration story. So um, yeah, it's yeah, I, I he's still my favourite big finish doctor. Colin Baker, he really is. I know we haven't really d- listened to many more uh, Big Finish stories, but the ones who listened to of him, there's not been one of them I haven't liked. Yeah, really. And just hasn't. just because, yeah, it is something. I mean the the McGann stuff is 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 the Doctor we never had at all, and this is this is this is the Colin Baker stuff of the Doctor that we really wanted him to be. He it's should what, have been. Exactly, it's what we should have had. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly. It's certainly what we should have had. And, and I'm just so glad that he's given stories like this to, to do it in, really. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's got a lot... Of, there's an awful lot of characters in this story. Um, and you've got, like, characters taken out of fiction, um, like the Artful Dodger, a little Lord Fauntleroy... Um, I that did you know, make me laugh. When, when you've got the, when you've got the, the thing there, Fauntleroy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Count Dracula, Long John Silver, um, Alice in Wonderland. You know, it, it's all. I mean, actually, actually there, even it's... even then, the the Doctor meeting Dracula and the vampire thing. Yeah, and just the what is he doing? What is that creature doing here? Instant distrust, wasn't there? Yeah, of Count Dracula. Um, and, that, and, and even then, it even went into the fact of the oh, these are real humans and. Is that going to cause a pr- of, of flesh and blood? Yeah, and is that and you get Alice saying, "Is that going to be a problem?" He goes, "I don't know." Yeah, but you know, it's just you know what they... really little, little, just little bits in there that not really to do with the story, but no, just for want of a better word, if fleshed out the characters. Well, I, th- I think it also it's it's sort of how can I put it? It's sort of um, with Dracula, it made him quite a sympathetic character. Yeah. Because all the way through this, he was trying to do the right thing and fight his instincts as it was written yeah. for him. And I think all the, all the while, I'd sort of got the, got the sense he was trying to prove to the Doctor that he wasn't he wasn't like that. Yeah, and basically, yeah, the, whole, you the know, whole thing about you know saying about um, Vlad the Impaler and saying well, that that wasn't me, that was a real character. Yeah, you can't you can't blame me for his sins. Yeah, you know, just there's some really good. Little lines in there for 
for them. And also the good thing about this story is the fact that because they are such well-known literary figures, mm. you don't have to spend time giving them the backstory. We know what they, who they are. Yes, indeed. So the it doesn't bog down the story at any stage. Once they've introduced and made sure you know who the character is, mm. then that's all they need to do. Yeah, that's it. it it's, I, I think it's great because they, they just sort of do something different with the characters, as you say, without having to go into any backstory. They've just taken characters that are so famous from fiction, you don't need to explain them. Yeah. Do you? It's just there they are. They you know, they now they're doing something completely different because um Zoe's given them free will. They they're free of the restraints of how they were written. I think seen it with the artful Dodger and the Doctor. Yeah. When they first meet. And that you know, about the the artful Dodger you know, saying time is a concept that is, you know, it's just really well written said so, just, just to get them that these characters are not just as written. No, that's right. That's right. They have, they have progressed. It's really weird, actually, because I mean, this is called Legend of the Cybermen, but the Cybermen are barely in it, really. Yeah. Um, one thing not I... till right at the end. I, I mean, and, and it, there is also a very good introduction to the Cybermen in this story as well. Mm. Um, it's actually a shame that it is Legend of the Cybermen, and there's a picture of Cybermen on the front. Yeah. Because if that had been the the expose of who the villain was, mm. it would have been really good. It would have been, yeah, sort of like an Earthshock style yeah, surprise. If, they, if, yeah. if they could have just mentioned, called them the, the the aliens or whatever until you had that the Cybermen saying, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" Oh, it's because yes, because we get a, 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 a you know a, a converted Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah, which which was... you know. Would have just been an excellent. That would have been a fantastic. If, if that comes yeah. as a surprise to us. Yeah, it would have been really good if they could have kept that quiet. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I I couldn't figure out whether the sidemen in this, I think they're supposed to be the sidemen from the invasion. That there's, there's certainly ones on the front cover of of the yeah. of the CD, but they sounded more like the Tenth Planet sidemen to me. Sort of would have made more sense if they had been, wouldn't it? I don't know. I mean, I'm not. No, I'm sure. I'm not too sure. Where, I mean, not that it matters because I mean, I, I mean, I'd love. I, I, su- I, su- I, I suppose to a certain extent they could have been somewhere between because Zoe and Jamie meeting Cybermen would have been somewhere between, wouldn't it? Um, well, the last time they met the Cybermen was in the invasion. That was the because that was the last season of the, of Troughton, So that was that was the last time yeah. they, they saw them. So. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Really, I'm, I'm I'm trying to put this. I don't know why I'm trying to put this in some sort of continuity. It doesn't really matter, to doesn't, be honest. No. They're Cybermen. That's it, really. Yeah. And there's the. I, mean, I suppose from the point of view, the Cyber Controller sounds exactly the same as the Cyber Controller from the Invasion. That that's the only thing you you could possibly put it into some sort of continuity if you wanted to. It doesn't yeah. really matter, to be honest. There's Cybermen, there's a Cyber Controller, that's it. That's all you need to know. Um, but what I, what I did like was the little um, musical cues in this as well. So- We're actually giving some some credit to to Nick Briggs here for, for being able to pitch different Cybermen from different eras. Yes, we are. Um, and it also does the carcass as well. Yes. Doesn't he? Um, but no, what I was going to say, the musical cues... Um, Tip of the Simon, because they're based in Castle Frankenstein. Um, 
So every time it goes back to them, you get this little Phantom of the Opera organ yeah. uh, f- um, theme, don't you? And, and then you know, you know where you are, you know where you're heading. Um, and I like that. I like the fact it's, it's all very stagey from, from that aspect. It's like you are sort of picturing it in your own mind when you're reading a book. If you see what I mean, you can imagine. This, sort this of... is yeah. This is this is the sort of yeah, the um, childhood sounds and all that, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. Like with the when they first meet Alice and she conjures up the horses and that sort of yeah, the set. Um, I like the fact that the um, the fairies in this the, no, the sort of Jamie in particular doesn't trust the fairies at all, does he? Because no. the, the, the nasty wee beasties or whatever he calls them, but. Um, but again, it's this whole thing. It's turning those preconceptions on their head, really. Like the fairies are meant to be nasty little... I think people just see them as, as little things that live in the bottom of the garden. But Jamie said, well, he, he sees them as nasty little critters. But then in the story, they're not. So they change his perception of the fairies. Yeah. Um, the same thing with the Doctor and Dracula. Dracula changes his perception, the Doctor's perception of that character. So, yeah, I, I like where they sort of twisted things around a little bit. It's made it a little bit more interesting. It wasn't what you expected, or the or the characters of the Jamie and the Doctor expected yeah. them to be like either. So I I I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it it worked. It was it was actually a quite it was a good story and good characterization. And each little bit of it was interesting. Yeah. So you know, you, even when you had the bit where they the the Cybermen changed the perception or whatever. And you had them, they suddenly started narrating yeah, that bit themselves. Where, <laughs> that bit when um, Jamie O'Crimmon is in a recording booth. Yeah. He's like doing an audio book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was writing your, he was audio writing himself out of history, wasn't he? It's yeah, like, it, it was, yeah. Do, do, you, know, do you watch um, uh, Toast of London? I've seen bits of it. Have you seen the bit where, when he records his voiceovers? Yeah. The soon as they, I realised where, um, <laughs> where where Jamie was in the recording booth. The first thing that came to my mind was, "Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. But um, but yeah, but that was that was really really sort of like what was going on. That really sort of yeah. caught, caught me caught me off guard, and I did you like that. Thought, you know, you almost thought because because you get extras on these things. Actually, you almost think has he skipped? A different track. I did think this. Are we now listening to Fraser Hines' recording? We're going to get some outtakes yeah. now or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was great. It, it was it was um, full of little twists and and, and turns and whatever. Um, I thought all the, especially the three leads um, were were brilliant. Yeah. Um, I thought actually, isn't this? I think I'm correct in saying this is the first time that. Um, the characters Joey and Zamy have actually been in the same story together since, or properly, I think since the invade, uh, since uh, the War Games. I'm not, I'm not going to count um, the Five Doctors. Yeah, I think this this their first appearance together in Big Finish. I think, I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, I think it was actually, wasn't it? Cause yeah, this was the first time they brought Jamie back. Was was for these was for the trilogy. Yes, and this you're right. Was the first one that yes. she's been. That surprised me to think that was the only time because it was in the. Uh, I just remember there was the little extra at the end, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, and it's up to this point that Fraser Hines had been lobbying Big Finish um, for ages to return to Doctor, and they said, "Well, how can we do it?" Because he was. You haven't got with a the, Doctor. You haven't got yeah. a Doctor, exactly. Um, 
But I'm glad they've, you know, they found a way to do it. Although actually, the obviously the um, one they did for the fiftieth, he voiced the, the second was, Doctor anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant anyway. Wasn't oh it? no, so it's just like a case of you almost get a feeling there that it was a case of well, you can't do it. If if we had a second Doctor, you could do it. So he sort of come back and goes, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> I get double paid, I. Well, <laughs> I, can I, imagine, I, I can imagine Fraser Hines saying that as well. Equity rights. Here we go. Equity. Working out. He does two characters. That's two, two voices. Two lots of money. That's it. Well, didn't it? Hasn't he done some more since? Hasn't he? Some proper second Doctor stories, and he's actually playing the second Doctor and Jamie. As a I prop, think so. As a proper and I must admit, story. it's one of those ones where I've been thinking I must look into that actually. Because yeah, because I know they've done it with the third Doctor now as well, haven't they? Yeah. Um, only a matter of time, I suppose, we'll do it with the first Doctor. Mm, I yeah, hope they do, actually. One. Yeah, I hope they do. But, I I mean, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you've had people play the the first Doctor, obviously, on telly, haven't we? So, Well, we had some do the first and third Doctors uh, alongside Fraser Hines in uh, Light at the End. Yeah. For the 50th. That's, that's the person, isn't it? He's doing, is that He's the, doing the third Doctor. Doctor yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Went yeah. down so well. Yeah. Mm, I have to look into them as well. Actually, there's too many to look into with Big Finish, isn't this there? This is the problem with Big Finish. I find, yeah, you keep thinking to yourself, must must listen to that, must get that, must get that. There's not enough, um, not enough hours in the day, in unfortunately. The day. No. Not enough hours, but um, but no, get, I mean, getting back to this one, I mean, I haven't really got much more to to add, really, because I I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, to be honest, I, de- I definitely say to people, they've got to listen to this. Perhaps you might want to listen to the previous two in the. The series first, yeah, which is I'm actually uh, interested now. I actually do want to go back and now get City, those City of Spies and Wreck of the Titan were the previous yeah. two stories. Yeah. yeah, I actually do now want to listen to those. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely intru- brought me to thinking. Yes, I want to listen to them. Yes, I mean it is silly. It's a silly story, but it's so but, damn enjoyable. Yeah, but but it's but it's given the. It's it's in context with the surroundings. It is. It? So it, it totally is. It totally is. And, and if you, I think if you enjoyed the mine robber, um, I think you'll certainly enjoy this because it, yeah. it, it it expands on the scope a whole lot more. Yeah. I and mean, I, hopefully, if you didn't enjoy the mine robber, you'll enjoy this. Yes, because we don't particularly enjoy the mine robber. Do you know what? It's been a while since I've watched the mine robber. I might have to go back and give it a reappraisal. But I've always oh God, I always found it a bit of a slog. I watched it about. Hmm, year or so ago. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about should I be watching it before I listen to this, but mm. I never got that chance. No, so. no. But I don't think it would be a spoiler over no. enjoyment. Um, no. I suppose it, it, it. I suppose this is probably the first big finish we've covered that really has some sort of direct link to a previous um, televised story, and you've got to have a little bit of knowledge about that. Yeah. I suppose, and also knowledge of the war games as well, how, how it left Zoe and Jamie at the end of that. So, but it does explain quite a bit. It really. does, yeah. It does explain, and it, um, it just sort of helps. I think probably having seen the mind robber, it sort of gives you a gives you a, a visualization of what they're talking about when they're in the void bit. Yeah, otherwise you might just be sort of scratching your head a little bit. Yeah, really in certain places, but that's not a bad thing. No, that's not a bad thing to keep you guessing. Really no. isn't so. Um, of course, the only important thing is now we've we've as you said, as we said spoilers. We've spot we've really got into a lot of the plot here, actually. Um, but um, would you recommend it for our listeners to get stuck into? Definitely, 
Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing I'd say on that is, yeah, I mean, I don't know how what Sidious Pars is like in Wreck of the Titan. It may be that it's actually more enjoyable, even more enjoyable, if you listen to those two first. Yes, it could be. It so could may, be. that may be the way to do it, but yes. no, de- definitely, definitely listen to this, if just for the little um, exchanges between characters. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I'm, I'm totally utter agreement with you there, Paul. Total utter agreement. So, well, that's a good way to start the year, isn't it? Yes. Yes, on a, on a nice positive note. Right. Now, um, when we, uh, Paul and I, next return, we're back onto the world of the Target novelisation. And we've been scratching our heads for a, a, a while now about what to, what to come. We thought we haven't really done a, a Fifth Doctor story on his own, because I think the last, fifth, the last Fifth Doctor one we did was The Five Doctors, wasn't it? Yes. I think. I think I'm correct. It's been a while since we've last done one. Um, so we thought we'll, we'll, we'll pick one, just just a, a pure straight-up five uh, Fifth Doctor story this time. So we're going to go for Planet of Fire. Yeah. So that's what, that's what we're going to uh, tackle, um, because obviously it'll be our usual um, book-to-DVD or televised serial uh, comparison, um, which means... Um, we get to look at Nicola Bryant in a bikini again. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, that, that that's what you're that's what you tell yourself when you're stuck in a hotel room on your own in Japan. <laughs> Damn, you've you've rumbled me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So Paul and I will be back in uh, a couple of weeks' time, but in between then, um, I'm continuing um, a little series I started before Series 9 began, and that's our companion special. So we've got another companion special to come out um, in between um, Paul and I's uh, return to the podcast. So um, that will be out um, sort of next week. So look look out for that. But anyway, Paul and I will be back in two weeks' time. So uh, until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. To the Who's He podcast, please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, and please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.